This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC, sheltering at home, talking to my new friend, Will Maloney, Orange County, California. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Dave, and thanks, Pete, for having me on the show. You got it, man. So I'm going to have you give your resume, but before I let you give your resume, since you are the person with a, a much better resume than me, which is kind of hard to beat, I will just say for my listening audience, He's not going to say that he was the intramural athlete of the year in 1994 <laughs> at Emory University, nor is he going to be able to say that he was the all-around athlete at the Jewish summer camp in 1988 at Camp Wakanda. So, Will, now please give your illustrious background. <laughs> you know what? I love it because no one, no one is anybody but who we are. So, I, I, you know, we got our own, we got our own space. But my space stems back uh, a couple decades ago in the uh, health and human performance area, starting with uh, the sector of personal training and then migrating all the way up to being fortunate to work with elite athletes at Stanford University, uh, being trained by uh, former U.S. Olympic head coaches and USA weightlifting, uh, mentored by international strength conditioning coaches, uh, as well as former L.A. Lakers strength coaches, and then having a lot of tenure at Equinox, providing a lot of education to the coaching staff during my time there. And then migrating now under my own under my own brand and uh, calling that health capital, and uh, helping people in a sense build a health portfolio. Gotcha, awesome. So why don't you start back and um, you know as you kind of gained your your skills and your credentials, you know, starting at uh, at Stanford, you know, what what are some of the characteristics that you kind of found in elite athletes? You know, obviously you got raw talent. But like, what what were coming some of the key traits that you're like, you know, this guy or this gal, you know, has what it takes to get to the next level? You know, it's it's a great question. There was I remember uh, so the head strength conditioning coach Shannon Turley, uh, really great guys, tough as nails. I remember him commenting on one of the players, the athletes, and his name escapes me, but he was able to get picked up in the draft uh, his senior year. And they gave his background story to us in a huddle at the end of one of our sessions one day. And they wanted to give him more credit than anyone else deserved in the team at the moment, because this guy was a walk-on to the Stanford program. And I remember showing up to my uh, coaching sessions with the team and he would be there an hour before everybody else. And mind you, those sessions were two hours long. One was hitting the weights and then one was getting on the field doing conditioning work. So it wasn't a walk in the park by any means. And he was there an hour beforehand training himself before the training started. So he was training to train is the way that I look at that. And then that's how he got where he went in the draft. He didn't get it by talent. He got it by just putting his hands in the dirt and just not getting them out until he knew where he wanted to be. That's awesome. So as you gravitated into, um, you know, having the opportunity to work with Kobe and I've been watching the, uh, you know, the last dance on, uh, on Jordan and just the, the level of, intensity and and competition and you know the practices might be harder than the games and he was able to you know prop up his teammates what are some of the things that you know that resonated with you you know i can't believe kobe's not here anymore it's just a still a shock to the system mm-hmm. um kind of wish we could like redo this entire year um <laughs> for, for what for that purpose in this fucking epic pandemic but like what are some of the things with kobe that you're like wow this guy's like a superstar in so many different ways. And like he put in the work and, you know, he, he approached it with such a winning and attitude that kind of differentiated him. So it was, uh, Joe Carbone was his, uh, his, 
personal coach, strength conditioning coach. And they met back when uh, Kobe was in high school and Kobe, when he went to the pros, took Joe with him. And then Joe became the head strength coach for the Lakers along with staying with Kobe. And so, um, that was how I got connected with Kobe in a sense, but I never actually was there with Kobe in the training. It was all through mentorship from Joe, uh, which I give tons of credit to, to his mentorship and that it was a, it was a good relationship that we, we've had. And, and within that and learning about Kobe and then actually being fortunate enough to meet him, not directly through Joe, but because Kobe lives down in this neck of the woods in Orange County. And, you know, you're in the strength conditioning world enough, enough, long, enough hours in the week you're going to bump into some people. So I remember bringing that up to him and the regard that he had for Joe was like, Joe was another father to him. I mean, it was really just a a very close relationship. And so with that, uh, I, you know, I knew Kobe with the fact of Joe, but I was able to observe Kobe, I would say from a different perspective, because when, when it tragically his life did end, it was, it felt a lot closer than I would have imagined just because of the couple connections that I had with him and then knowing Joe and then knowing Kobe's training. And the thing that I knew and observed about Kobe from my perspective was that he turned his profession from what it was into a purpose. And I think that was why we all, you know, gravitated towards him, whether it be consciously or subconsciously. And I think that's why it all hit us so hard. Um, not that anyone's, anyone's untimely death is not going to hit anyone hard, but I think when you see someone that's so talented in many levels, and then they take their craft and they just position it in a way where it's not you're just showing up to work, but you're, you're there with a bigger point. Mm-hmm. I think that it was when he passed, it was a wake-up call for all of us to be like, you know what? I think I got to get my shit together and do this. That's awesome. Yeah, he'll, uh, he'll, he'll be remembered for, uh, for a very, very long time. You know, guys like Kobe and guys like Jordan, you know, they're, they're in the spotlight um, when you let, let's kind of pivot to what you do with helping executives with their, their own health capital and health capacity. And, you know, it probably a lot of executives say like, yeah, I got a personal trainer, but also I think like personal training and kind of life coaching and, and entering your job, even if you, if, even if you're not in a position where your physical skills are required. Like my physical skills are not required for me to do an Excel sheet and take conference calls at Integrity Square. Okay. But the fact that I like worked out an hour and a half, you know, this morning and I was practicing some field goal kicking, which is a separate podcast. I'll do on my own and probably won't release. Um, you know, like I want to make myself better personally. And, and I'm kind of bringing that, those endorphins into what I'm doing now as you can probably tell. Um, so like, how do you view, like when you're saying like, Hey, I can, as an executive comes says like, Hey, I want to, you know, can you train me? You'd be like, look, I'm not actually just like training you. I'm, I'm like a springboard for everything else you're doing. So how do you, how do you think about it? How do you pitch it? You know, how does it resonate? You know, give us a little color on that. Yeah. So that the, the color on that is taking a look at where people begin their entry point when it comes to focusing on their health. And the, the standard, including myself, was, you know, hit the gym, get on the diet, and then uh, you do something better about my sleep. That's, that's been the entry point for, for all of us. And what I started to say to myself is if that was the entry point, then why aren't all of us graduating with honors when it comes to our health? And so that's when I decided to take a look myself. And I, I described the entry point as having a reference point to where people did have some familiarity and did have some grounding and dare I even say some success is understanding just finance 
uh, at, at a 101 level. So finance, in a sense, like positioning health as just like an investment. So when you have your investment portfolio, you're diversifying your assets, you're trying to align them with market fluctuations, and you're just trying to expand your investment capital. So I positioned health in the same way. So I call it a health portfolio. And so people come in and they look at, okay, well, what are the, what are the points of, of a health portfolio that need to be in there? How am I going to be able to navigate the changes that life will throw me, that I'm asking for my body and my health? And then how can I overall expand my health capital? So that way, when something goes down, like a cold, flu, whatever it may be, I don't get put out of business. I don't have the, the franchise tax board sending me a box of wood saying, here, you can close up your windows now. Mm-hmm. So that was really how I positioned it with executives because they understand, they understand capital from a financial perspective. So when I put it in that language, I was speaking their language. And then when they saw it that way, then they had a reference point of how they achieve success financially or in their business. That shifted everything about where they understood they needed to start when it came to getting into their health. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So Dave and I spent a lot of time either coming up with our own words, coming up with our own acronyms. So we came up, I Googled, I've t- been telling people for years, I'm like a health and wellness you know, banker, advisor. And I took the time to actually Google the word wellness. And there was some biostatistician at the Mayo Clinic back in the 20s that was looking at the data, seeing everybody getting sick. And he said, oh, I got to come up with the opposite of illness. So I'm going to call it wellness. So if you're not sick, you're just okay. And no one's, ever well. come, yeah, no, one's, no one's ever come to you with like, dude, I got this awesome wellness idea. It's, it's, like, a dead, <laughs> it's like a dead mic, right? So we came up with this term, HALO, Health Active Lifestyle Outdoor, which is mm-hmm. kind of our whole you know, mission now is like, we're, we're going to you know, basically create the HALO effect by mm-hmm. getting the right people in the right boxes, getting capital to the right folks and Every once in a while, someone's like, bro, why don't you just call it the wellness sector? Like, I'm like, no, because I'm like a name guy and this is my name and it's Halo and I'm Captain Halo. So when you go around, like you seem like you're, you know, like this entrepreneur and you come up with like, like things like health capital, do you first stop and say like, hey, look, man, just trust me. Like I got, I figured this out. Like this is going to be a thing. You know, talk, talk to me about that because you seem like an entrepreneurial guy uh, in and of itself. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's like you're kind of out there on the plank, right? You're walking the plank and you're looking around. You're like, am I the only one on this uh, on this diving board? And so, you know, you have some caution because you don't know if you should continue to walk forward and collect that $200 when you go past go. You know, and so I, I think in, in that regard, it's, it's good to have lifelines, whether that be uh, family members or, or colleagues or good friends, to just maybe give you a nudge so that you're not showing up in the office without any shoes on anymore because you've just gone too far down that journey. But with that being said, I think it's good to know the edges because when you know the edges, then you can find the middle. And I, I, that's a big spot that I've been working on with the executive clientele that I have is to know when they're bumping up against the edge and to then help guide them just as a tour guy would give someone guidance. It's like, this is a good restaurant. Check this out. And it's always the things that are off the beaten path. So I provide the same thing with the model that I work in. And, and if anything, as long as it's not detrimental to their health, I do let them bump on the edges a little bit because then that way they have that self-awareness, not to use an, another term that's overused, awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's something that I think when you said you come up with a term, if you can create some sort of likeness for people, but then bring them over to the differences, then I think that they start to really grasp it. I think if you hit them with something dramatically different, they don't have a reference point. So it's the balance between like uh, think, thinking in likeness and thinking in differences. Gotcha. 
So during this whole, you know, stay at home, you know, 45, 60 day, you know, I call it like halftime for me because <laughs> like I needed this break more than anybody. And when you see this LinkedIn article, you'll, you'll understand the, the depth of it. Um, one of the takeaways I, I've had come to is I'm taking on less clients. So I'm going to focus more of my time on getting things done with less people. And, I, and I'm going to, I'm going to really pay attention instead of spreading myself too thin, taking on deals or taking on relationships that I just can't physically and mentally manage. So when mm-hmm. you look at your business and there, there are plenty of guys out there, you know, doing health coaching or personal training and, you know, some Yahoo always comes to somebody like you and says, Hey, Will, you know, let me figure out how we could scale you and scale your business and, you know, make you like a hundred times, you know, more reach. And you're like, yeah, it might be a hundred times more reach. And I might be like, you know, 1%. So I'm not really achieving my goal of providing like a health capital solution for a Mm -hmm. client. So has this period of time done anything to your psyche of like, you know what, if I got 12 executives in Orange County that I'm like the trampoline to take them to new levels, like it could be 12 guys and girls and women, or you know what, you know, I don't need to take on like 30 clients and like run myself ragged and not be able to produce what I want to produce for the people that, that this resonates with. I got, you know, maybe I have a wait list instead of like, you know, taking on whoever comes my way. Mm -hmm. The way I could come with that in terms of a straight answer on it without being, you know, murky on it is in this lockdown, personally, what I've seen is that there's a lot more capacity than I think that that myself uh, has to offer. And I think that people will gradually find that as well. And I think when they realize that they have and they want to open up that capacity, then I may be the guy that they come talk to. And the way that I see that too is in, in a sense of like people finding like what their next step is. I kind of look at all of us collectively, like that person that's in the line during a marathon that hands that person a glass of water. And like, it was just that moment where like, Hey, we helped you on your journey and your race on your marathon. Now you're going to run down and probably go a couple more miles and bump into somebody else there, but you're better off now that we interacted. So right. someone else is going to help you. So I may be that guy for someone at some point along that journey and within that, though, there's a lot of steps when it comes to developing a health portfolio. So I may be there a little longer than somebody else. Mm-hmm. But in terms of scale, the thing that I've actually looked at, and I appreciate what you're saying about you know, people you know, getting lean and not ra- running ragged, I've gone the opposite. I'm looking at the fact that it's like, okay, we've got a big issue on our hands with people becoming more aware of the liability of their health. And mm-hmm. solutions need to be offered to people at different entry points for where they are in their journey. So, you know, someone may not be ready to work one-on-one. Someone may be ready to just get some, you know, some just content and just get their, their feet underneath them. Some men, some people may be in a health debt and they mm-hmm. need to get out of health debt before they can even get into the black. So I'm actually going in the opposite direction where I'm saying, look, I am I'm ready to expand my capacity to other people and then have them be able to engage with what I'm offering at a larger scale, contingent where they are in that marathon, as I as I painted a picture of. Got it. Got it. Totally understand. All right, let's go to a lightning round. Truth or bullshit? <laughs> Infrared saunas. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
all right, so I'm going to be really, I'm going to be really not like, well, potentially this, potentially that. I'm just going to be cut and dry. Beneficial. Kettlebell workouts. Beneficial. Electromagnetic belts, like the WWE belts that you plug in and then it, it uh, electrifies your stomach. Beneficial in a certain capacity. All right, good. Because I'm wearing one right now. <laughs> <laughs> What's this NAD plus shit going on with the uh, with the shots? Oh, the shots. The, uh, you know, the the thing about the shots is interesting. Is I, I love where people are going with what they want to do to sometimes say optimize. I heard optimize is a lot of terminology. Uh, or just, you know, find a way to address that they haven't been paying attention to a certain aspect of their health, and now they're trying to do it at a rapid pace with with the shots. But just in my humble experience, the last time you want to go into a club, everything's got to go into the front door, which is your mouth. Mm. So if you're trying to sneak into the back door, which is through an injection, I don't really know what the body's going to think about the fact that you try to get into the back door. It may kick your ass to the curb and be like, hey, you go into the front, because that's where the front desk is. That's where the uh, the TSA is. All checks must need to go through that that in hole in the mouth. Gotcha. Uh, are you are you pro plant based or pro meat? Pro both. I've spent two. I didn't years give you. Meat. I didn't give you that as, a, as an option. No, no, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> I, cre- I, I created. I created a category. It's like one of my kids. You know, I said it's either this option or that option, and they take like five seconds and they create their own option. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, so um, I, I thought I yeah. saw there was like something called like a flexitorium, which is basically like you do whatever the fuck you want, except like <laughs> potato chips and French fries. So the the interesting thing about uh, my my position that I've come to that I think is connecting every aspect of nutrition, first of all, uh, so not alienating any particular one category, but aligning all of them. Because the thing is, is that just like in the seasons, especially back east, the way you guys get it, you get four. So there's different needs at different times of the year. So just think about the fact that let's say last night you woke up, you had four hours today out of sleep last night and the night before you had eight, you got very different conditions. You got a different climate going on in there. So nutritionally things, things are going to have to shift. Um, so, you know, that's why I think throws people off. They're like, Oh, I don't know what to eat now, but then that's when you go back to fundamentals and you use that as your springboard to make the decisions. Just like if you were looking at your investment portfolio and from a fundamental, let's say something shifted in the market, you would know how to pivot just like how people are having to pivot just under the conditions right now. So that's why I said both, because I've spent time being a vegan. I spent time being a vegetarian. I spent time eating beef liver, tripe, and beef kidneys. So mm-hmm. it, it really is about finding the fundamentals and then using that to allow you to aggregate different sources to fill the needs of what you're facing on a day-to-day basis. Gotcha. I mean, I think nutrition, should one, it should be like a mandatory class like every year of like elementary school and high school, the fact that like the fuel that's going in your body, nobody really understands is like shocking to me. One, two, I don't understand why there's not like a site that you can go to. That's um, remember that game that we used to play back in the day called Candyland. Yes. Like shoots and ladders or something. It's like, dude, it's like here. Okay. You want to feel like this? All right. Here's like what you eat, you know, like different paths and just, just make it less complicated. <laughs> I get all these, like, I get all these emails, man, from like, eat like cucumbers. And then the next day it's like, eat beets. And then the next day it's like, eat, you know, grain pasta. I'm like, what if I eat all three? Like, am I going to fucking like <laughs> peel over? Like it's the same source telling me something else I should eat, but doesn't like, 
it's not like an edit from a prior email. It's like just a different article. Well, you know, it's, it's a piggyback off of that. And I love that perspective because it's like, you know, um, it can get people feeling like it's all or nothing. So a pull from two, like, you know, whether we got a spouse or a loved one or a partner, we understand it's a relationship. And so, you know, that relationship that has needs on their side of the story, just as much as we have needs on our side. And when we're talking about nutrition, it's really about understanding the relationship that you have with your, your body, but not to be esoteric, but just to be a real deal. And the way I say it's, esoteric, it's not esoteric is like, there's nothing esoteric about high blood pressure. That's clearly your body saying, hey, uh, you're not paying attention to me. So here's some high BP to get your attention. Or here's 20 pounds because you still haven't answered my emails yet. So I think the thing is that when you can connect with fundamentals helping you do that, how to read your body like you're reading a market or reading a partner or a spouse or whatever it may be, then you know how to adjust. And then you know what it is that you need to put in your mouth. You know what it is when you wake up in the morning, what you're going to do training-wise, whether it be kettlebells or it's going to be an infrared sauna. You know how to, to implement those if you have a good connection with your body. And that's why to take a sentence from uh, a, the pioneer Paul Check in the holistic health community, he, his biggest encouragement was to try all diets because then that way you develop you know, some cognition about what works and what doesn't work for you. And you in the process, you develop a better relationship with what your body needs. Gotcha. All right, man. Well, it's been great uh, catching up with you here. I hope we meet in person once the uh, yeah. once the band's lifted. So, in closing, we're uh, we're kind of a little bit of a, uh, a quote library. So, you got any quotes that you live by, or uh, quotes that somebody would say? Oh, well, I hear Will say that all the time. Give us one for the uh, for the record books here. <laughs> so, yeah, I would say that the the one that I commonly hear of is it's simple, but simple does not mean easy. Okay, good. I like it. I like it. On that note, you've learned about capital, liability, and debt, and it's not anything to do with financial. It's all about your health. Will, we love what you're doing. Look forward to hanging out with you in the future, and let's do great things. Likewise. Thanks again, guys. All right, buddy. Take care. This is Pete Moore. As you know, I am a big believer in personal development. I got a time-saving opportunity here for you recommending Dan Millman's Four Purposes of Life. Go to audible.com forward slash Halo Talks. You want to register there, get a free audio book. It's $14.95 a month thereafter. Giving you things that I do to make myself better and hopefully it makes you better. Go Halo. Let's play to win. <laughs>